0: to Podcast in A Minor, where I bring you the weird little songs I write, and then give you the stories behind them. Weird stories, creepy stories, funny stories, whatever the world gives us in all its glorious mystery. And now, for today's opening song. hello world and welcome to podcast in a minor i'm amy zollers a poet and an artist and i'm in one of my moods you just heard happy saint valentine's day massacre on the daisy rock rock candy electric guitar with the rat distortion pedal well the cat woke me up just before 4 a.m to be fed the other night Normally, at a time like this, I'd just sort of shut him outside the bedroom, but that time, I had to stay up and write down these song lyrics. I knew that later, I'd put a tune on there, and I wouldn't have much time, what with the podcast date approaching, so I wanted to inform the tune and rhythm with Snowballs and Sledding, an end credit song from Season 9, Episode 10 of Bob's Burgers, Better Off Sled and I arranged the chords in a way that I thought was a mild hat tip to that tune. But when I recorded it, I knew I wanted to use the rap pedal for a mean sort of Valentine hostile snarl. The guitar would be plugged in while I'd be singing without a microphone other than the one in the camera phone. I'd only written the song hours earlier and had to concentrate on all of the following things correct chords, correct lyrics, strumming the rhythm, steady enough tempo, injection of feeling, all while shout singing and enunciating well enough to be heard and hopefully understood over the electric guitar. With all of that going on, I unintentionally, but thoroughly, just lifted the Bob's Burgers tune. Damn it. I had expended a lot of energy during that recording in my little lo-fi way. Very annoying. So let us call the previous version Demo 1. And here is the song with an altered tune. Way too long. Happy St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Happy St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Corporate holiday for lovers only. What a record, yeah. February 14th, 1929, Chicago Warehouse, a storm of bullets. Let's watch the untouchables and go our separate ways. Oh, my stars, Andy Garcia, holy smokes, old Sean Connery. Even Kevin Costner was hot when he dropped the baby carriage, spun around and blew that guy away train station. Happy St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Happy St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Ah, well, I like the Demo Bob's Burgers tune a little better. Of course I do, with their crack team of songwriters. But then again... (laughs) Perhaps it all evens out. I do like the first version for its mean edge directed toward Valentine's Day. I don't really like Valentine's Day for all of its judgment and expectation, its brainwashing whole rafts of people to spend money and jam the restaurants and to feel more valuable or less valuable contingent upon how much somebody spends on you or whether you happen to be partnered up with someone at the time. The pressure to cram artificial magic into one specific day. It's like a terrible exam at school. I do like the chocolate, but otherwise, not really into it. Now that's done, and for a nice change, I don't wish to go on about it. Instead, I'll give a brief word on the St. Valentine's Day massacre, as mentioned in the song. Then I'll turn it over to those of you who provided your opinions of Valentine's Day. Direct from Wikipedia... The St. Valentine's Day Massacre was the murder of seven members and associates of Chicago's North Side gang that occurred on st valentine's day nineteen twenty nine The men were gathered at a Lincoln Park, Chicago garage on the morning of february fourteenth nineteen twenty nine They were lined up against a wall and shot by four unknown assailants, two dressed as police officers. The North Side Gang, also known as the North Side Mob, was an Irish-Polish-American criminal organization within Chicago during the Prohibition era from the early 1920s to the mid-1930s. It was the principal rival of the South Side Gang, also known as the Chicago Outfit, the crime syndicate of Italian-American Johnny Torrio and Al Capone. And Prohibition, of course, the Volstead Act, 18th Amendment of the US Constitution, ratified January 1919, prohibiting alcoholic drinks. Ooh, don't tell last week's episode. One thing I like to do around February is watch The Untouchables, the 1987 film starring Sean Connery, Kevin Costner, Andy Garcia, Robert De Niro as Al Capone, and the rest. This goes back to my distaste for Valentine's Day and my preference for watching old gangster films instead of taking part. A nice double feature, if you like Sean Connery, is adding on Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie. It's not a gangster film, but a psychological thriller. The free association scene just lights me on fire for some reason. Now for some personal opinions on Valentine's Day. To begin with, I'll read some sent-in writing. The first one is from Anonymous. Hi, in my country, Valentine's Day is not really a big deal. I don't really celebrate it. Our anniversary with partner is in the beginning of March anyway, and we celebrate that instead. Also, my favorite film in the formative years was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. In there, the main character says, It is a holiday invented by greeting card companies to make people feel like crap. And I agree. I think capitalism hypes up many holidays just to sell more junk, justifying that as presents. And from my friend Scott, a friendship going way back to junior high band, Well, kind of. We lined up alphabetically to go to lunch every day, and I was behind him, and, well, I would step on the heels of his shoes. Oh, that's obnoxious. Probably you don't become a poet if you were impervious to all of the excitement and overwhelming emotions of becoming a teenager. Apologies again, my friend. I was terrible. Here is our recent text message exchange. First, the message I sent out to people that I asked to give their opinions of Valentine's Day. Hello. Do you have any thoughts regarding Valentine's Day? Feelings of hatred, annoyance, indifference, satisfaction, thrills, or an entirely pioneering philosophy? If you are willing to share your brief diatribe in a sound bite to be played in the next episode of Podcast in A minor, please email it to me at my hypnosis and outrage email. Clean is appreciated. Also, this is terribly last minute, my fault. If you could help me out no later than 7 p.m. Central Time, Tuesday the 14th, I would burst with gratitude. A million thanks. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so his answer to that was St. Valentine's Day Massacre, do the mob bosses and everything, Capote, etc., Capone. Now, I'm assuming, my friend Scott, that Capote was a like a typo when you meant to say Capone. And here was my reply. Dude, you rule. My song absolutely mes- mentions the massacre. Of course, he was bound to go that road. We took a trip to Chicago back in summer of 93, where we took a bus tour of all of the 1920s gangster attractions and attended a Prohibition-themed puppet show three times. And we're the only spectators there all three times. I think they just let us in for free on the third time. And a word from Leah. I care about Valentine's Day about as much as I care about the Super Bowl, which is not at all, except sometimes there are treats to eat. I don't have to help my kid fill out 22 cards for Super Bowl Sunday, though. Go Chiefs! Oh, that's right. There was a game of some sort last Sunday, and the nearby sports team won it, I think, judging by the fireworks that nearly blew up the neighborhood around 10 o'clock that night. Very well, Kansas City Chiefs. Well done, you. And thank you, Leah, my fellow fat babies, both the art series and the actual phenomenon, fanatic. And from Chris, who posted the following at Eine Kleine Crisis on Instagram the day before Valentine's Day. Advance warning, references to Valentine's Day and celebratory posts about your perfect partner and your everlasting love may result in a cull. Warmest wishes, Chris. When I commented, ooh, may I read this on my podcast, he agreed and sent along his original, quote, as yet unfinished anti-Valentine song, end quote, titled Bye Bye Baby. Enjoy the following song from Chris Penny.
1: Just a little teaser. That night I said I loved you That cold December When I gave my heart in that world apart You took me gently You looked into my eyes And said every time you talk i want to cut myself so bye bye baby don't boo hoo baby everything you do is so blah 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 bye bye baby bye bye baby to do on that.
0: Wow, that really classed up the joint. That was seriously musical and gorgeous. Chris, we thank you. To borrow again from Bob's Burgers, I realize I am not quite a musician by comparison, but more of a musici. but I'm cool with that. Next we have Pete Kelly, author of What Appears in the Dark, a book of elegant poetry about the children of the night, to which I might have contributed an illustration or two. That's a whole collection of hugely atmospheric. Pete, I am in the woods now, thick with mist and strange unearthly howls. I am doomed. Pete contributes often to our third Sunday poetry live streams, as well as the old Cake and Hyper Bowl poetry show, and appeared on the very first Spilling the Ink with Angela Eureko Smith. Pete works as a shipwright in Portsmouth, England, where Charles Dickens was born, and he does the shipwriting when he's not writing poetry. And Pete was once the voice of the band Gothamistic. Says Pete regarding the big day. It's funny how all the Christian feasts compel people to go out and spend money, Valentine's Day being no exception, a day that separates the haves and have nots in love and money. Still, petrol stations will do a good trade in flowers for the forgetful or tight. St. Valentine must be disappointed. Don't tell my wife I said so, though. She quite likes those last minute purchased flowers from the corner store. From Pete Kelly. I'm with her, Pete. From my days working in a grocery store, I'm fascinated year round with what you can round up last minute in unlikely places for gift giving. Most fascinating were the uncles at Christmas time. Onward. Next, we have a parade of Valentine's opinions in the voices of the opinion holders. And here they come in the order received.
2: I think that Valentine's Day is a capitalist construct baloney and that you should just tell everyone you love them every single day and give people presents and flowers and chocolate whenever you want to. I am somewhat ambivalent about Valentine's Day, but there are things that I love about it, including um, the colors pink and red together. I don't think you get to experience that any other time of the year. I love that.
0: You just heard from Sarah Sinkhole and Doomsday Domini, respectively. They host the delightful and spooky podcast None of This is Real. Their rapport is divine. They bring me joy and laughter and pleasing terrors. Their podcast shows up every Tuesday and I refuse to miss it. What's more, their Patreon features Globsterotica, erotic fiction featuring the mysterious Globster, the phenomenon that sometimes washes up on seashores. Some say they're parts of decaying whale carcasses. Others entertain the chilling idea of sea monsters. Either way, I have read every word of their globsterotica and listened to their audio versions. And consequently, I am filled with wonder and delight. And next is Kristen at Spasm Specter on Instagram, an account that frequently inspires my visual art and poetry. And we have had some great discussions and creative meetings on the subject of our favorite musicians. Here's Kristen. I think that if you love your partner like you're supposed to love them, Valentine's Day should pass like any other day. I don't think you need a holiday to come up just to buy your loved one flowers or chocolate
2: or other special things. Grrr, it's Valentine's Day again. Bah, humbug. I mean, that's what you might expect me to think about Valentine's Day, but honestly, I can't begrudge a day for being dedicated to love. My only real thought on Valentine's Day is that we need much more of it. And not in the form of expensive chocolates and expensive roses and expensive diamonds, but because really, we just need more love. All the expensive stuff, in my honest opinion, really just shows love to the commercial aspect of Valentine's Day. And I don't really care about that. But I do think we should show love to each other. Not just romantic love, but just love in general. So how do I feel about Valentine's Day? Well, it's about love. And so I love it. Um, I just think we need much, 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 much more of it for not only romantic, you know, relationships, but like love relationships, spouses, neighbors our children i think valentine's day if we could do that should be maybe valentine's year or valentine's month like we shouldn't really maybe press it into one day or maybe valentine's year valentine's lifetime so that's that's what i think about valentine's day i honestly love it not for the romance, but because we need all the love we can get in this world.
0: That was Angela Eureko smith my poetry sister, horror writer extraordinaire, dark poet, and winner of two Stoker Awards. She is publisher of Space and Time Magazine, author of Bitter Sweets, and contributor to several poetry collaborations and anthologies. Find her blog, Exercise Your Rights with a W, at com, And check out her weekly podcast and live stream on YouTube, Spilling the Ink, concerning all things from the writer's perspective. She just started a cool weekly feature called Publisher's Showcase with recordings of poets reading their work. Just this week, I got to contribute my poem, Inviting the Devil into My Kitchen. Also, at the time of this episode's release, Angela joins me for third Sunday poetry this coming Sunday, February 19th, 2023 at 2 p.m. Central. Can't wait.
1: Valentine's Day. How do I feel about it? Well, there's a shot in the film It's a Wonderful Life when George Bailey has a look of utter despair on his face as he contemplates jumping off a bridge. And I posted that picture as my Facebook profile picture last Valentine's Day, so that should give you some idea of how I felt about it then. But over time, I'd say my feelings about the holiday have more to do with my feelings about who is or isn't with me on that holiday. I mean, uh, it is a couple's only party, right? And really, if you have someone special in your life, shouldn't every day be about celebrating that? So if you're invited to that party, by all means, enjoy it. But for me, this year, February 14th, just another day. And I'm not feeling all Old Man Potter about it, but I'm also not running up and down the street screaming, Happy Valentine's Day, Bedford Falls.
0: Sean McAnally, musician, songwriter. We live in the same town. We actually went to high school together, but didn't know each other then. But he found the podcast. In fact, back in January, when I was secretly considering letting the podcast go, he unleashed like buckets of encouragement out of nowhere, even using the phrase, keep going, like a sign from the heavens. Yes, yes, delusions of grandeur. They're my best fuel, as I've clearly stated in some poem or another somewhere. Anyway, encouragement greatly appreciated. Sean's musical projects include Johnny Farrow with some Patchy Power Pop, also a group called The Fur and the Fang, which he describes as a post-punk Peter, Paul, and Mary, good lord yes, as well as Rough Touch, a garage slash proto metal outfit, and 6DB, an ambient electronic experimental project with a hundred and four full-length albums. On the Brighton Street Ghosts label, whoa. They have an anthology to make it less overwhelming on Bandcamp, and yes, I do listen sometimes while making dinner. He also takes part in a podcast called Goonies World. It's like a radio drama involving role-playing games, and he also writes role-playing games books. Wow, dude, that's a lot of stuff, man. Sean is the only other person I know who can do a whole conversation in themes and dialogue from the movie It's a Wonderful Life. That rules. That
3: rules. Hey, podcast in a minor world. Nina here to talk a little bit about Valentine's Day. Yep, that day. I'll admit that I'm not a fan of this commerce-driven, pink-dripping, cherub-shooting faux holiday. It's not that I'm not romantic. I am. I just prefer my special moments unencumbered by herd mentality and paper hearts taped to every available surface. So, what do I have to say about Valentine's Day? Well, If you're the jailer's blind daughter, it's going to be epic for you. Just hang in there, and you'll literally see what I mean. For the children out there receiving a key this day, my most fervent hope is that you never suffer St. Valentine's malady. To all the birds fluffing a feather or two, celebrate the opening of avian mating season with vigor and a freaking awesome flocking. And for those who stood at the back of a half hour long line at their favorite confectionery shop only to see the last tear dropped, chocolate dipped red berry sold to the person in front of them, don't sweat it. Strawberries will be far less expensive weekend after next and they'll still taste just as good. In all seriousness, I'm a confirmed cynic when it comes to Valentine's Day and all the fuss that goes with it. So if you're madly in love, in like, or even just lust, I say to you, get out there and do the hugging, the squeezing, and the lovin'. Just do it your way, not the way retail conglomerates want you to do it. And if your balloon happens to be green, all it means is that your other got to the store after all the love balloons were gone. I say embrace the green, eschew the pink and red, and if you're lucky enough to be near a casino, let it all ride on black. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. From me to you.
0: That was marvelous, Nina Dark Angela. Nina is, as stated on her blog, spreading the writer's word. Quote, a quirky horror writer who likes to spin soul-rending snippets of despair. End quote. In fact, I'll give you her whole beautifully written bio, just as it appears she reads anything from splatter matter to dark matter she's an urbex adventurer who suffers from unquenchable wanderlust she loves to photograph abandoned places bits of decay and old graveyards nina is a co-owner of sirens call publications and co-founder of the horror writers group pen of the damned founder and administrator of the ladies of horror picture prompt monthly writing challenge and if that isn't enough Put a check mark in the box next to the owner and resident nut job of Dark Angel Photography. End quote. I will go on to say that Nina writes stunning dark poetry and is one of the kindest and most thoughtful people I've come across. She constantly champions other writers and artists, and I am grateful for her. Her nickname for me is Sparks, because of the sparkly beaded tiara as I like to make for poetry readings.
1: Hey everybody, Lee Andrew Foreman here. And in honor of this fine day, I'm going to read a little piece I titled Pseudo-Serotonin-Induced Trash Heap Cardboard love and paper flowers Words spewed forth from red-stained lips and waiting grins Eternal vows and chocolate promises All undying as a mayfly in spring Mass-produced verse of discount quality Warms the hearts of those deemed worthy. Memories shipped, packed, and sent, read and returned, to the landfills they went.
0: And we end with a poem from Lee Andrew Foreman. That was marvelous. When I sent out the call for thoughts about Valentine's Day at 4.22 a.m. on Saturday, Lee responded with, Sure, I'm on board. What are you looking for exactly? Should it be like a poem or a piece of prose fiction read aloud? I answered, Oh my goodness, that would be above and beyond. I was thinking, man on the street thing. Sir, what are your thoughts on Valentine's Day? And then your honest opinion. But would I turn down poetry or prose fiction? Never. Whatever your heart song, thank you, Lee. Yes, thank you, Lee. Writer, editor, publisher, co-owner of Sirens Call Publication, author of The Berry Box, that's B-U-R-Y, Zero Perspective, Fragments of a Damned Mind, and tons of horror fiction you can find online. I just listened to his flash horror Christmas piece, Gingerbread Men, on the Wicked Library podcast. Oh no, the children. Lee is also a songwriter when he's not doing horror. I just learned that. Thank you all who sent in your philosophies. That was fun. Also, thanks to you and my Bob's Burgers musical gaffe, I've had a chance to recall that I do enjoy the Bob's Burgers Valentine's Day episodes, most of them, especially the ones that revolve around 13-year-old Tina Belcher. That show in general is a good antidote for my occasional Blue Devils, and Tina, voiced by Dan Mintz, is my favorite. How she can be simultaneously so awkward and so confident is a stroke of genius. I completely identify with her boy craziness. I only wish I had been so self-possessed as Tina. I found this noisemaker thing in my bag and it kept going off at weird times and frightening me. And I thought it was ghosts. But anyway, I thought I would just try it out here. And that's Happy St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Enjoy this regular Tuesday in February. I'll be wrangling kindergartners at Cub Scouts. Why not watch The Untouchables? And if you want a real treat, go listen to the moony-eyed old song by the Vogue's Turn Around, Look at Me, while thinking, Stalker. Check the show notes for links to all the cool stuff this week's contributors are up to. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Snowballs and sledding and sledding, Santa cover your delicate eyes. Mandy's arm is gonna save the day, even Kevin Costner was hot when he dropped the baby carrot, spun around and blew that guy away. In the train station, snowballs and sledding and sledding and snowballs and snowballs and sledding and sledding and snowballs. Happy St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Happy St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Must I, must I, the Encyclopedia Neurotica. It's my role in the play. And I must, and I must, and I must.